welcome to the Spot Actor Podcast. I'm Dr. Trevor Cates. Today we're talking about nature cure and skin. My guest is Dr. Ben Reeves. He was actually raised in the Quaker tradition and grew up off the grid in central Washington state. Living close to nature and a family of healers, Dr. Reeves' path began with a childhood steeped in medicine, exploration, and the power of the natural world. He earned his Doctor of Naturopathic Medicine degree from the National University of Natural Medicine in Portland, Oregon. Before naturopathic medical school, Dr. Reeves was head cook at the Esalen Institute, a world-famous humanistic alternative education center in Big Sur, California. And he had the opportunity while he was there to study mind-body medicine with prominent healers from around the world. With the experience he gained, Dr. Reeves healed himself of two lifelong chronic diseases, and now as a practicing doctor, he combines traditional healing wisdom with current scientific knowledge, enabling him to help a diverse patient group. And we discussed during this interview some of the laws of vitalism and principles behind naturopathic medicine. A lot of times on the podcast, I have doctors who've been in practice for many years on, and Dr. Reeves is actually new, fairly new to practice. He's been out and practicing for a few years, so the naturopathic medical education is still fresh within him, so I, I enjoy in the, in the interview picking his brain about some of the things that he learned in naturopathic medical school, getting back to the history behind natural medicine and nature cure. And this then leads us into talking about the amazing attributes of skin and how the skin is one of our greatest pathways of detoxification and how we can heal the skin with nature cure, including hydrotherapy and embrace a truly holistic approach to skin. So please enjoy this interview. Ben, it's so great to have you on my podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Trevor. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So you're a naturopathic physician, and like many naturopathic physicians or functional medicine people in this um, health and wellness world of professionals, a lot of us have a story of what got us there, and this is um, no different for you, right? So why don't you start by telling everybody how you got into, how, why you became a naturopathic physician, and particularly specializing in what you do. Yeah, I'd say that uh, for me, um, you know, it really all started with uh, growing up off the grid um, in the woods in the Pacific Northwest uh, for about 14 years. Um, I guess from the age of seven to 20, I, uh, I pumped all of my water by hand. Um, we lived in a, in a house without any uh, running water or electricity. And uh, we even lived in, um, you know, military uh, camping tents for a couple of years while we were building our house. So I really kind of grew up, you know, just surrounded by nature in uh, Washington state. And um, for me, it was just, uh, you know, the way things are. But uh, little did I know later on in, in my uh, 20s, I realized, wow, I haven't met anyone who's done this hardly. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and then, um, so you, but you ended up with getting um, some chronic diseases and ended up having to, to end up on your I did. journey. Yeah, I mean, as a as a young child, I uh, I'd say I I had a pretty close close brush with death, and um, I had some uh, intestinal polyps. I won't go into the details, but um, I had pretty severe IBS, and it was kind of moving toward a an IBD or irritable bowel bowel syndrome, um, or, or disease, I should say, you know, ulcerative colitis or Crohn's, 
And um, I also had very severe uh, seasonal allergies um, that I'd had up until um, my early 30s. So for about 30 years, I had those two um, chronic diseases. And I tried everything on the planet um, to, uh, to treat them. Uh, later on in my, uh, my 20s, I lived at a retreat center called the Esalen Institute. Many people may be familiar with it. It's in uh, Big Sur, California. And I lived there for about two years and uh, became head cook, was cooking for about 300 people a night. And I was studying for two years with uh, world famous and renowned uh, healers from all, you know, uh, such as uh, Deepak Chopra, Andrew Weil, um, you know, a lot of famous uh, Ram Das, a lot of famous teachers would come through and I'd be cooking for them, hanging out with them. And, um, and that kind of led me to naturopathic medicine. Great, great. And, um, and so you went to naturopathic medical school and there are parts of it that really resonated with you that, um, that you've integrated into your practice and, and let, leading you to work on a book on this too, right? That's right. Yeah, I just, I love naturopathic medicine. And, um, you know, it's, it, uh, obviously we all know it's a four-year accredited program that's very challenging. You have to learn everything in conventional med school that, that they, you know, that you learn, and then you have to learn all of clinical nutrition and botanical medicine and physical medicine. So it, it's a lot. Um, but I, I just loved it. I, I went to school in Portland uh, at National University of Natural Medicine, uh, graduated just pretty recently, actually, in 2016. So I'm a pretty brand new doctor. Um, but I, I, uh, I, I always resonated most with the roots of naturopathic medicine, uh, you know, kind of the, the pioneers. And, um, and it, you know, it came out of Germany. But uh, really, it, it's, um, it shares so much in common with so many of the healing uh, uh, foundations all over the world, such as Ayurvedic, Chinese medicine. And um, so I, I would say that I really am kind of that classic integrative medicine practitioner. Uh, I'm also a vitalistic practitioner in that I really, um, I really use the old principles of, um, of vitalism. And um, what I mean by that is uh, really honoring the healing power of nature. And as an expert, as a specialist in the body's innate ability to heal itself, working with those forces as opposed to working against them. And as you know, we have such an arsenal in our, in our tool, toolbox. I mean, I've got my DEA license here in, in Portland, Oregon, so I, I can prescribe opiates. And yet I am um, we're also working with nature and um, working with people um, in a way that honors their imbalance, their disease, and sees it as an intelligent language that their body's communicating to me and, and to them about where the imbalances are. So working with that to help them heal and recover and resolve their disease. Right, okay, so let's talk about, you have these seven laws of vitalism. So can you yeah. talk about these? Go ahead. Yeah, well, um, first of all, I'd have to, I just have to say that um, I'm very indebted to the Naturopathic Medicine Institute or NMI, uh, founded by Jim Sensenig and others. Uh, Dr. Jim Sensenig was the founder and the founding president of the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians. And without him, I don't think our profession would still be alive because at his time, there were only about six NDs practicing um, back in the 1970s, late 1970s, early 1980s. It was um, such a small and dying profession. Um, but uh, I've been kind of putting together um, the principles, the laws that are written about by the founders. And uh, yeah, I've come up with uh, seven laws of vitalism. First one really starts with the vis or the V's. 
the, the vis medicatrix that we all you know, have heard about, um, this innate healing potential in the body. Uh, and that's kind of where it all begins. It really is a law and it can be observed. Um, see, here's the thing, Trevor. Um, we know that the things I'm about to talk about really, they, these aren't randomized controlled trials, right? These are more um, clinically observed um, in our patients. And you know, there's, there's an old quote that the, the only true textbook is our patients. It's like, um, and I, I love to read textbooks. I'm a total science geek. Um, I love to geek out on, on pathophysiology and MTHFR and SIBO and all of the amazing things that are coming out. And at the same time, I like to go back to these roots, uh, to the Vs and to how can we work with this, this, um, this healing power of nature that can be quantified in, in certain ways, but it, it isn't necessarily a, um, a reductionistic uh, measurement that we can get on a lab. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Absolutely. I mean, I think that what we're talking about here are some pretty important fundamental um, principles of, of naturopathic medicine and really a, a, with um, healing and the, the body's abil ability to heal. And I think that a lot of times we forget these and we get kind of lost and away from them, disconnected from them in clinical practice. A lot of times uh, we, we just lose sight of it. And I think it's good for people to know that this is a lot of the roots of naturopathic medicine to understand one of the ways that, um, you know, really where we're coming from and what's so important to us and that these are still really alive and that even though we don't talk about them to patients very often, that that we do um, we do really strongly believe in these, and and it's part of our education, and part of the foundation. So I appreciate you sharing this. When the patient walks into my office, I'm seeing that patient as not just a a physiological condition in front of me, but I'm it really is that that um, tole totem, that idea, you know, one of the six principles of our medicine that we're treating the whole person, and we're seeing them. Um, as not just their disease, but they're actually a person with with a disease or with an imbalance. And can you um, give an example mm -hmm. of that with um, skin in particular, with dermatology? Um, it, let's 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 talk about some examples um, related to skin. Yeah, I mean, uh, skin is a. I mean, obviously, I know you treat a lot of it, and I see a lot of you know contact dermatitis, a lot of eczema in my uh, practice, and. Um, so one of the one of the seven laws that I have is, or that I actually got from Dr. Henry Linlar, is this um, this law called the Trinity of Disease, or you could call it the Law of Disease. But it's that all disease is due to three things: it's due to a lowered vital force, it's due to the accumulation of waste materials and morbid toxins, and it's also due to um, improper um, eliminatory functions in the body. In other words. Um, uh, body's not able to get things out. And then there's also the fact that um, when the blood and the lymph are abnormally composed, and this, this is kind of old language, um, when the blood and the lymph are abnormally composed in the human being, then, um, then disease will result. And so when somebody comes into my office with a skin condition, um, the first thing I'm gonna, I'm gonna do is I'm gonna look for toxemia in their body. I'm gonna look for toxicity, and um, we're gonna try to figure out where is it coming from and, and, and where is the, how is this person reacting to it? And I'm going to try to lower it. And each person's going to be a little different. Um, the first thing we're going to start with is food, obviously. And we could do, you know, an, an IgG food panel, or I do a special form of food intolerance testing 
that originated here in the Pacific Northwest in Spokane, Washington in the 1930s. Um, but you know, there's, there's a lot of ways to do it, uh, but we're gonna identify what are the one or two or three foods that this person is reacting to, and we're gonna try to lower them in their, in their, um, in their diet. And more times than not, the, uh, their, their, some of their skin issues will improve. Now, um, of course, the skin issues are often gonna be due to other things that happened in their past, maybe um, emotional things they've been through um, that are unresolved. And um, so maybe I'll make a referral for that, or maybe I'll use another modality such as um, hypnotherapy or homeopathy, or maybe some flower essences, you know, depending on, um, there's so many tools in our toolbox. Uh, and so when somebody comes in with a skin issue, I'm seeing it as um, a complex thing. It's, I'm not just, I'm not gonna try to suppress it uh, because if we suppress it, it often comes back even worse than before. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's, you know, it is important to look at skin. You know, I talk about skin being our magic mirror that gives us great clues about our overall health and that it is connected uh, to all different aspects of our body. And, and it's sometimes just this outward manifestation of something else going on. And, and so if somebody is eating foods that their body is reacting to, certainly it makes sense that it could show up on the skin first. And people might not be aware of digestive symptoms. They might not even have them. And a lot of times people think, if I'm eating something that's not right for me, I should have digestive symptoms. But that's definitely not always the case. I mean, sometimes it is. But uh, there are a lot of different other ways that people can respond to foods that are not good for them. It's um, and, and part of that is the immune response and some of the, uh, you know, the internal inflammation that's occurring as related to, to gut issues that um, if somebody continued down the road and they didn't address it, then they probably would eventually develop other symptoms, maybe digestive symptoms or other things, right? Yeah, it's so true. And um, it, uh, you know, I find the old naturopathic medicine so fascinating. And I, like I said, I'm a total functional medicine geek. I'm, I'm good friends with a lot of the, the, the well-known functional medicine people in the space. You know, I love to listen to their podcasts. I know them, some of them personally. And, um, and I apply their principles. And at the same time, I'm so inspired by the old naturopathic textbooks. And particularly this idea, uh, a lot of people on this podcast probably don't know what emuncturology is. Mm -hmm. But the emuncturies are the organs of elimination. And according to classic emuncturology, there are five main ones. The main ones are liver, gut, genitourinary tract, skin, and lungs. So the skin is actually one of the five main emunctories. In other words, it's one of the five main ways that the body removes toxins. And so when somebody has a skin issue, I immediately, I'm gonna look at their genitourinary tract and see if they're having frequent UTIs. I'm gonna look at their um, lungs and I'm gonna see if they're having frequent respiratory infections or upper respiratory infections. I'm gonna look at their liver and I'm gonna test it. I'm gonna um, test it in certain ways. You know, I'll take their pulse, their Chinese pulse, for example, see if the liver pulse is disturbed. I'll look at their case history and see if there's indications that they have liver congestion. Um, and, and then I'll also look at um, the other, other areas. And if we can address, if we can identify that toxicity is building up in one of those five areas for this person, then um, more times than not, Trevor, their skin condition will improve. And so it's just, it, it's amazing. This medicine is so amazing. And then the, the functional medicine all the, and all the incredible science that's coming out right now, uh, in my opinion, it's uh, validating uh, 
scientifically so much of this old naturopathic medicine that that the you know the elders knew a hundred years ago. Right. I know it's so interesting to see what's happening with the the research coming out about the skin microbiome, um, the gut microbiome, the can, can the uh, gut brain skin axis, all these things that are showing up in the research, and 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 it's um, it's exciting to see the the research supporting that because I do think it's, of course, we, we have history and we can look at history over time and what has continued to work in medicine. And um, then we also, and, and, you know, case studies of our, our patients over many years. And then we also have research and, and when we can put the two together, I think it, it creates a lot of validation and encouragement to keep going down that path whatever you know whatever that that shows and and so i you know i really do like that you're looking at both especially somebody that's just coming out of school and still using and, and applying both of these and continuing to do that as you um as you grow your practice yeah it's exciting to hear about that and and i love what you're talking about is these these uh, pathways of detoxification that are in the body. And so I'd love to talk a little bit more about skin as a pathway of detoxification, because I think a lot of times people think of liver and they think of kidneys and, um, and maybe, you know, digestion because you're eliminating through your stool and that sort of thing. But I think a lot of times people don't think about skin as a, as a pathway of detoxification. Of course I do, but <laughs> so, but let's talk yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I mean, we we uh, we know it's the it's the largest organ in the body, and I forget how many pounds it weighs, but it's I mean the way I look at it, it's a living, breathing organism that um, that is uh, resp respiratorily um, activated at every moment of our existence. I mean, it's literally opening and closing, right? All these pores, and it's um, it's one of the first barriers we learn about in immunology, right? It's one of the first barriers of defense uh, to things getting in um, and, and making us sick. Uh, and, and so things, it, it, it functions to not let things in, but then it also functions to get things out. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, every culture in the world, um, you know, celebrates different forms of hydrotherapy uh, in order to, um, you know, move stuff out of the skin. And, you know, you see it in the Turkish baths, you see it in the Russian banya, you see it in the, um, you know, in the native Indian ceremonies, um, and you see it all over the world. The Eskimos celebrated it. And, uh, you know, living at a, a world famous uh, retreat center, uh, the Eslin Institute, where at the time that I was living there, we, we, we opened up these new hot springs that we, we put about seven or eight million dollars into opening, uh, just, you know, suspended on the cliffs of the ocean in Big Sur. Uh, we'd watch the sun sunrise, sunset, sunset every night. Um, but uh, I never got sick once in living there for um, almost two years. And uh, I would soak in those hot springs once or twice a day for two years. And now every time I'd get a cold, it would burn through me very quickly within a few hours. And, um, you know, I usually get sick once a year, just like most people. Um, and I know it's actually, it's a good thing to get sick. It's, it's a way that the body does spring cleaning. Uh, but anyway, back to skin, uh, hydrotherapy, ways that we can, you know, infrared saunas, uh, ways that we can um, accelerate the process of, of opening and closing these pores, flushing out toxins is key to skin health and to our health. And I think that more and more research is gonna show um, just how important this is. 
Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about hydrotherapy because that might be a new term for people. I mean, you know, I think people can probably figure out just by the word is hydro and therapy, meaning water therapy. But um, of course, you and I know a lot about this because it's part of the education, part of the training and experience and clinical experience that we get as naturopathic um, students. So can you explain a little bit about um, what hydrotherapy is and, and what we're taught to do in naturopathic medical school? Yeah, so uh, hydrotherapy, I mean, it, it, it originated, the, the term originated in Germany. Uh, Father Kneipp was a, actually, a, um, a, a, he was a priest, I believe, and he had a, a very famous um, hydrotherapy retreat center in, um, in the mountains in Germany, and he um, helped thousands of people um, recover from illnesses, uh, tens of thousands of people, and then it was brought over to America in the early part of the 20th century. Uh, by like Benedict Lust and uh, Henry Lindlar and others. But um, basically the principle, it's usually gonna involve some form of hot and cold. Um, it actually can be observed uh, in nature. Um, Dr. Or Father Kneipp reports the story, uh, I think it was him, it was either him or Priesnitz, uh, who was his uh, mentee. Uh, I, I, one of them observed a, uh, an animal who had gotten wounded in Germany, uh, I think it was a deer of some kind, had gotten injured, injured its leg, and then it went to the cold stream and um, you know, bathed its leg in the cold stream off and on for several hours, um, for a couple of, of days, several hours at a time. And it healed very rapidly from this pretty serious uh, puncture wound, I believe it was, um, of its leg. Anyway, uh, that principle was then implemented in, um, by uh, Priesnitz and, and Father Kneipp. And um, basically people are immersed in cold water and then um, you know, there's lots of um, textured towels and things, wool cloths, but basically, um, it, and it'll often be combined with some form of hot as well. And um, so it stimulates the flow of blood and lymph in the body. And you know, studies now show that it actually boosts white blood cell counts uh, minimally in the body. So it kind of gives a little bit of an immune boost. And um, it also, internally massages the, in the inner organs um, by flushing them by, we talked about a little bit about vasodilation and vasoconstriction. Uh, you know, cold, cold will vasoconstrict, it'll drive blood in, and then uh, warmth will vasodilate, it'll pull blood out. And if you think about it just in terms of basic physiology, basic science, that is, um, it's, like you're, it's like an internal massage and a flushing and kneading um, almost like I, I'm a baker. I used to bake as well for 300 people a day, and I made a lot. I made a lot of bread, and it's, it's, I think so. I think of kneading bread, and I think that hydrotherapy is is like a, a very easy, effective, inexpensive way of doing internal kneading um, of the tissues and the organs, and of course the skin. Um, and so you're 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 swelling it up with the heat, and then you're you're um, you're vasoconstricting, and it's it's being pushed down with the with the cold. And so it's one of the best things that a person can do for their, for their health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And, and so in uh, naturopathic medical school, we're, we're taught um, different therapeutic techniques. Um, I mean, I know when I was in school, we, we were taught constitutional hydrotherapy and it was something we had to do in clinic. Is that still, is it still part of the education? It is a little bit. Yeah. You learn it in first year and uh, most people most naturopathic doctors don't do it um, when they come out of school. Right. Um, 
and uh, I think that we're becoming not the right setup for it. I mean, it's you yeah, know, it is exactly. a so you it's yeah. more like a spa like setting that would yep. be more appropriate for people who specialize in hydrotherapy. But it is a great, I think it's a great tool, and I love that in naturopathic medical school. It's one of the ways that we start interacting with with patients and. And with having, it doesn't require a ton of skill to, to be able to do that. It's a pretty simple practice, but it gives you that opportunity to start getting into the clinic and interacting with patients and being able to help them with healing because it is a powerful modality. And so I loved that uh, to be able to do that. And I think it um, it's you know something we see more in spas for sure, but I think there is so much therapeutic value to it. And I think a lot of times when people go to spas and they get this, this type of, these type of treatments where they're um, submerged, being submerged in, you know, hot and cold water or doing saunas or um, baths or those sorts of things, they're thinking about the relaxation parts of it, which is very powerful. But there is this, this um, physiologic thing that's happening in the body that you just described. I think a lot of times people aren't aware of that and how, how it is helping improve the blood and lymph flow in the body and that, that vasoconstriction, uh, vasodilation, vasoconstriction that's happening, and um, that this creates an ability of your skin to actually do more of what it's supposed to do with the detoxification abilities because we do have these um, you know, we have, you know, ability to sweat and release toxins through that process. And because so the skin becomes this very valuable detoxification pathway as well. And so, and I love that you spent so much time in Esalen and I've, I've been to Esalen a couple of times and it is so beautiful there. Um, and I can only imagine what it'd be like to ext spend extended periods of time there and to be able to be in that environment and to be able to use that um, therapeutic tool to the, the baths there and the the warm cold hydrotherapy but also the minerals that are in the water there um, so anyway I don't know if you want to say anything else about hydrotherapy but I, but I'd like to talk about you know if you know much about some of the the minerals and the hot springs and and the value that they might provide too absolutely well that's you know Trevor, that's a huge part of my practice um, is minerals. And um, I think that minerals are um, so underestimated. Um, if you study um, the USDA uh, numbers um, for our food agriculturally, um, we only have a fraction of the minerals that we did 70 or 80 years ago in our food supply. And um, if you go to the farmer's market and you buy purple carrots, for example, um, even though they're organically grown, if you um, identify the, the number of minerals in the, those purple carrots, you know, how much chromium, how much selenium, how much magnesium, it's only about one five hundredth or one six hundredth of the, uh, the mineral content that was in those same carrots, uh, you know, 60 or 70 years ago in the U.S. And, and so those mineral levels are also reflected in our bodies. Uh, we have a fraction of the mineral levels that we once did in our bloodstream. Um, and this is all documented. This is all coming from uh, Dr. Joel Wallach's book. Dr. Joel Wallach is a, um, a veterinarian and a, a naturopathic doctor who graduated from National um, about 25 years ago. Uh, very well known. Um, he owns a supplement line as well. But uh, he is a, a mineral expert and um, he's documented all of this research. Uh, but going to the hot springs, yes, the hot springs also contain uh, sulfur and lithium and these essential minerals. And a lot of the minerals that we've, we haven't even heard of that are also uh, cofactors of life. Um, because every mineral 
uh, that's in the Earth's crust is actually also a cofactor for our for for our bodies. Even even the so-called toxic minerals, we we need a, even a trace amount of arsenic and a trace amount of um, of lead and and some of these more toxic minerals to including mercury uh, to survive. So we get um, the, the healthy minerals, of course, we get in larger amounts from the hot springs and um, they're essential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think it's good to mention that because I think a lot of times people think, you know, the only way to get minerals is through consuming them orally, but you can actually absorb minerals through your skin. Another thing that is, it's great, not only for the skin, but, but also we can absorb that. Um, just like I talk about how important it is to use clean skincare products as you can absorb the toxins. You can also use that to your benefit of actually being able to absorb things that will be beneficial to your body, which include um, mineral hot springs. I know I was uh, recently, a few weeks ago, went to um, a mineral hot springs nearby. And I, I was amazed at, I'd forgotten because I hadn't been in a while, how, how soothing it is to the skin. And I've got very sensitive skin. I've, I always have, and it, my skin is much healthier than it was when I was younger and had issues, but I still am. So I, I noticed just how smooth my skin felt. And it was, uh, uh, you know, just, you know, it helped decrease any kind of inflammatory things I had going on with my skin. So um, I think it's I, I think it's great that you had that opportunity to to be at Esalen with a, a lot of these, and they're around the country, right? These these mineral hot springs, and 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 they're different minerals in different hot springs depending upon where in the country you are, right? That's right. You know, this this also kind of ties um, directly into skin health um, and the nutrients required for the skin to regenerate, mm-hmm. um, because the skin is. Um, it's turning over. I think that uh, skin cells. I mean, they they have a very short life. They're they're. Uh, I forget the 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 amount of days. Thirty days every yeah, thirty. 30 days. Right. Yeah. So every thirty days, our skin is sloughed and it, it has to regenerate. And um, we we need minerals as cofactors to help that regeneration process take place. We also need uh, certain vitamins and nutrients, and we need to be able to absorb them. And so, uh, because the the skin is such a large uh, body of real estate. Uh, or land uh, in the human body, um, it, it requires a, a large amount of, um, of these nutrients. And uh, when a person's in imbalance or in disease, one of the first places for that um, imbalance to show up is the skin. Um, it's going to show up in the skin probably one of the first places because so much is required um, you know, to, for the skin to regenerate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, Ben. Well, I um, I really appreciate our discussion today. I love um, I love your sharing, your understanding of all the information that you've read and the history behind in naturopathic medicine, and and then how you're starting to tie it into your clinical practice. And I'm excited to see your book when it comes out. Um, I'll have to have you back on so that you can tell us more about it. And uh, so, but for now, tell people where they can find you. Tell everybody, share your website. And we'll also have this up on my website under your podcast interview as well. Well, thanks so much for having me, Trevor. Uh, I really enjoyed it a lot and I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. My website is uh, drreebs.com. Um, so it's uh, D is in doctor, double R, double E, B is in boy, S is in Sam. So drreebs.com. And um, my, my website's uh, it's super easy to use. You can um, apply to be a patient. Uh, you can do an insurance benefits check if you, if you have insurance, or you can just apply to be a patient and see me uh, out of pocket. 
Uh, and then also there's a lot on there about my, my story, my philosophy, my patient approach. And also I'm very selective. There's, there's an apply to be a patient button to see if we're a good fit. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much again, Ben, for coming on. I hope you enjoyed this interview today with Dr. Ben Reeves. To learn more about Dr. Reeves, you can go to thespotdoctor.com, go to the podcast page with his interview, and you'll find all the information there and the link to his website. Also, while you're there, I invite you to join the Spot Doctor community at thespotdoctor.com, and so you don't miss any of our upcoming podcasts and shows. And also, if you haven't already taken the skin quiz, I encourage you to do that. You can go to theskinquiz.com. It's a free online quiz. Helps you with understanding what your skin might be trying to tell you about your health and what you can do about it. Just go to theskinquiz.com. Also, I invite you to join me on social media, on Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and join the conversation. And I'll see you next time on the Spot Doctor Podcast. Thank you.